Welcome to the OT Lifestyle Movement. This is for the occupational therapy visionaries and the ones who see things differently. We're moving our profession forward through living and leading a truly holistic lifestyle. Hey, hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the OT Lifestyle Movement. I'm Rhiannon Chris, occupational therapist, personal trainer, and founder of otlifestylemovement.com. Today, we are talking to one of the most vibrant, down-to-earth OTs I know. And she's also probably the coolest OT I know. She's a shredder in the surf, she's a yogi, and she's a lover of plant-based food. We are talking with Tiff Drake. Tiff is an occupational therapist, health and nutrition coach, yoga teacher, and personal trainer. Tiff founded the well-being movement with an intention to inspire I'm running out of breath here, Tiff. We just did a <laughs> Tiff and I, sorry. Tiff and I just did a little boxing sesh before we got on and now I'm running out of breath trying to read the intro. Um, with an intention to inspire a worldwide movement towards greater well-being. Her passion and idea for the well-being movement stemmed from her own experience living with a chronic disease and clinical experiences as an OT. Welcome, Tiff. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me today, Rhiannon. <laughs> ah, it is an absolute pleasure. So awesome. And I love your stuff. I love your work. I love your vibrancy. I love your energy and your enthusiasm for what you do. So super pumped to have you on the podcast. What we always do at the start, Tiff, is we like to rewind the clock and get a bit of an insight into your backstory and your journey. So if you can take us back, jump in the time capsule, how did you arrive to do the work that you're doing today? Yeah. So I guess I'll just start back to when I was 19 and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And then I decided to become a personal trainer. I did that for a number of years and then I traveled uh, over to the UK and I was working as a personal trainer in some London gyms. And then working in hospitals in the rehab um, areas, helping physios. And then that's where the idea for studying OT came from. Um, I didn't meet any OTs when I was over there, but someone um, kind of introduced me to the idea of OT when I was pondering the idea of becoming a physio. Um, so then when I returned to Australia, I started studying OT. Uh, Loved studying OT and then after OT, went straight into private hand therapy. Um, so that was kind of my passion at the time, um, helping people with hand and upper limb injuries um, and really like getting into that more. I loved all the anatomy of it and the physiology. Um, so I did that for a couple of years, working in private hand therapy clinics and then that led me to start doing private hand therapy and public hospitals. Um, and at that point, I kind of wanted to, uh, I felt like I had just um, specialised in one area and I, I didn't have those broad OT skills. So I wanted to um, branch out a little bit more. So yeah, started working in a hospital setting, working in um, more of the acute, wards um, and then traveled around a bit so moved um, around different hospitals in Australia and 
then landed back on the Gold Coast where I'm at now. Um, worked in public hospitals here, uh, working on a range of different wards. Um, started getting into, I went and did a yoga course over in Bali, a yoga teaching course, uh, because I, I wanted to implement um, that the, the movement and the breath and the mindset in my occupational therapy work. Um, and at the time, I didn't really know how I was going to do it. Um, but I just had this feeling that that was the path that I wanted to take. Um, and then I did, I started getting interested in health coaching, like came across that term health coach. So I studied that um, while I was still working as an OT. Um, and then recently, like the last year and a half, I got out of the hospital system and I was working with the Department of Education, um, working with kids at schools. Um, and I've been doing that part-time and then while doing that part-time, I, I started doing health coaching on the side and starting, started building um, my, my business up that way. Um, and now I've transitioned into doing full-time for myself as an OT and a health coach. Mm, amazing. And I know you have quite a story too in terms of your own personal health challenges that you went through. Can you talk to us a bit about this and if this played any role in, in the direction that you took in your career choices? Yeah. Yeah. So it definitely did because in my third year of uni, I got quite sick. Um, I had, I got diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, a bowel condition, and I also had a lot of anxiety. So I was experiencing panic attacks at that time. I wasn't able to sleep, so I was taking sleeping tablets to help me, um, you know, be able to get to uni the next day. My skin was breaking out, I had heaps of acne. Um, so I kind of, I guess I went on this path of like, um, I, I, I was in a situation where I had all these different therapists and specialists that I was working with to help me heal and recover from these conditions. Um, and some of them were helpful and some of them not so helpful. Um, and then I, um, I kind of just, you know, reached out for myself to find my own way of, um, of healing and helping myself. Um, and I implemented all these different techniques, which I use with clients now, like yoga, meditation, breathing, um, uh, you know, mindset, like my belief system and um, working on having self-love and self-confidence in myself to help myself heal and eating better and, you know, becoming more aware of um, my diet and, and my environment, who I'm hanging out with, what are my relationships like? Yeah, so it was, it was a big journey. Um, and that has, in with my OT work, um, that has helped with, me just like having compassion and understanding and empathy for people that are experiencing um, these chronic health conditions where they feel like they just have no way out and sometimes specialists that are also telling them that they have no way out um, and you know this is the way it's kind of going to be forever and that was the things that I was being told um, so I can kind of relate to that feeling now, feeling like, you know, there's no way out. 
Um, and, I, and my passion is to really help people realize that there actually is and your body is just so powerful and there's so many natural tools that you can use to assist you um, in managing your chronic health condition. So. Mm, I love what you're doing. I love it because when we break it down to all the things that you're focusing on relate back to occupation, you know, that occupation focused. And so I feel like there is this grassroots movement of OTs who are also wanting to do the same. They've had their own personal experience with something in their life. And sometimes it does take this wake up call for us to go, hey, you know, what direction am I headed in life? What's my purpose? Am I doing things that bring me joy? Mm. And so I love that you've turned your own personal experience into helping others who are also on that same path um, to, to bring them back to health and happiness and well-being. Yeah. <laughs> so I know your mission is to inspire a worldwide movement towards greater well-being. I would love to get an understanding of what well-being means to you. Yeah. So I guess, uh, you know, well-being to me just is, it encompasses everything. It's like having joy in who we are and what we do and who we surround ourselves with um, in our everyday lives. Um, so it's, it's not just physical health, it's mental health as well. Um, it's, you know, having joy in our career. It's having joy in, um, you know, our relationships and um, the way we feel about ourselves, like self-confidence, self-esteem, self-worth. Um, yeah, I, ju I just think well-being in general, it just encompasses everything. Mm, I love that. And I think the way we view it in the Western world typically is the absence of disease, right? Mm. And I think it's such a bleak definition of what health and well-being is. You know, mm. we should be measuring it by things like our energy, our vitality, like you said, our happiness, who we're surrounding ourselves with, our purpose and the meaning mm. in life. So, yeah, I love that because it is, it's fundamentally so much bigger than just not, not having a disease or not yeah. having a disorder or not having a, you know, something that's, hindering our performance it's actually living up to our own occupational mm. potential yeah. mm. and almost embracing that um that chronic condition or disease that we have and being able to you know accept that and um and and work with that and still be able to live a very like high quality satisfying life with that condition mm. yeah still have ulcerative colitis i don't have symptoms of it every day but i i'm still diagnosed with it and i'm still diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder and i fluctuate i have waves of anxiety i can feel it doesn't mean that i you know totally gotten rid of it um but i still live a very satisfying joyful life because i've learned to embrace it Mm. And I think that really is looking at that strengths-based approach, isn't it? Like working with people's strengths and what they've got and not trying to leapfrog all stages, just meeting them where they're at. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay, so you work as an OT and as a health coach. I know you've got two separate sort of things that are going mm. on there. So who are your clients? Who comes to see you and what are you helping them with? 
Yeah. So with health coaching, uh, I am I am attracting women in the position that I was in in my third year of uni. So I really am working with a lot of women with anxiety, gut issues, and negative body image. Um, so I found that 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 was my true passion because that's something that I can really relate to. That's a journey that I've been on. And that's something that I want to help other people with when they're um, stuck in that state of feeling like this is how it's going to be for the rest of my life. Getting them out of that um, headspace and working with them to, to living a health, healthier life and having a healthier um, mindset and belief system around that. Um, and then with occupational therapy specifically, um, I'm working with all, uh, all different clients. So as we always generally do um, with occupational therapy, mainly working with adults now, but uh, I've got the old one that's under 18. Um, and, you know, it's a range of clients with physical disabilities, um, a lot of clients with mental health issues, so depression, anxiety, PTSD, um, people with autism. Uh, I've got quite a few clients who are deaf. Um, that's, a, that's a whole new area for me and I'm absolutely loving it. Um, they have ju just so much to share, um, the way that they, they are, feel and are in this world and um, the way, you know, people interact with them and their experiences. It's just, it's so interesting. Um, anyone else? Chronic pain. I've got quite a few people with um, chronic pain, uh, which I, I also really enjoy uh, educating people about chronic pain and, and watching them, um, you know, really like turn their lives around after just learning and understanding more about pain and how the body works and the brain, um, yeah, how, how we, we perceive danger and things like that. Mm, amazing. So in terms of your health coaching and OT then, because I, at the start you said you do a lot of meditation and yoga mm. and, you know, a lot of those um, different health modalities you're weaving into your OT practices mm. to support people in their daily occupations. Yeah. How, how is that differing from your health coaching? Is there a specific sort of difference that divides it? I would say that the only difference is that, um, that my, my occupational therapy clients are generally people with disabilities. Um, whereas my health coaching clients are generally people, yes, they, they may have anxiety, um, but they don't have a disability as such. Mm -hmm. um, that's generally who I'm attracting um, mm -hmm. it, into my you, you know, client base. Um, but in the way of my interventions with occupational therapy clients compared to health coaching clients, um, with occupational therapy, I'm, I still work with people on breathing techniques. And so if I've got clients with um, depression, anxiety and PTSD, then I work with them and teach them breathing techniques that they can use in the home and community settings when they're feeling overwhelmed um, to, to assist them in engaging in their chosen occupation. Um, 
I'm working with them on um, even like simple yoga poses that help calm the nervous system down and bring it back into that parasympathetic mode. So, um, you know, I have quite a few clients with mental health issues that don't have any physical disability. Um, and, you know, even just that simple pose of laying down with your legs up the wall, it's, it's just something so simple that they can be shown. They, you know, most of them remember it or print out a picture and show it to them. Um, and I'll practice the, practice it with them while I'm there so that they can feel the difference. And it's such a, um, it's such a great pose for calming the nervous system. Mm, I love that. Do you have any other tips for OTs who are working in this area um, in terms of in, intertwining uh, these health-promoting activities into OT sessions, like the breathing, like the yoga, like the meditation. What Can you give us some more insight into that? I'd love to hear what you do. Yeah. Um, so do you mean like insight into like um, what, what other interventions I use? Yeah. Or? yeah, or specific strategies within those modalities. Yeah, okay, yep. Um, so a really good one that I use quite a lot with clients is the nostril breathing technique. Um, and you know, some people really embrace this one because it's, if they don't have any cognitive issues, um, that prevent them from kind of remembering this, or you can create a visual for them to help them. Um, it's quite a simple technique that they can use even like I've done it with people before we go into the shopping center. So for example, someone that doesn't like to go into the shops because it's too noisy, too overwhelming. Um, too overstimulating for their sensory systems. Um, so, you know, we'll sit in the car and do some nostril breathing and then go into the shots and that helps calm their nervous system down. So did you want me to quickly show you? Yeah, or? I'd love you to. Yeah, so just, the, you know, this is a, um, a yoga one. I can't remember what it's called, but it has some yoga name, um, but I call it nostril breathing. So you just block the right nostril with your thumb and then you breathe in through the left nostril. Lock both, both nostrils, hold at the top, and then breathe out through the right. So I teach them that, and then I ask them if they're comfortable to close their eyes. So breathe back in through the right, close both at the top, and then breathe out through the left. So it's really calming, like really brings you back into that rest and digest mode. Um, and I just ask them, you know, let's just do 10 breaths. And this is something that you can use. And I, um, you know, keep reinforcing that every time I see them, like let's do some nostril breaths before we start the session. Or if I'm finding that they're quite anxious at the end, then let's do some nostril breaths before we finish. Um, just trying to think of some other ones. Um, even uh, guided meditations. Uh, so people, most of my clients have trouble with sleeping. Um, so I will do a guided meditation with them. I'll get a five minute guided meditation off YouTube and we will sit there if they're comfortable or if they're comfortable lying down, we'll lie down like um, and, and listen to this guided meditation and allow them to really feel the difference like from before they started to after 
and most of them will say, you know, I feel calmer. I feel, yeah, that was great. I, I enjoyed it. I'm going to try it. Um, yeah. And then, I, you know, working with them on implementing those techniques to use to help them before they go to bed, just to assist with calming. Mm, I love that. There are going to be so many OTs listening into this and feeling really inspired about your day, daily reality and the work that you're doing. How, how did you transition from your day job to having your own business, being your own boss and really doing the work that's meaningful to you and the work that lights you up and gets you out of bed in the morning and that really soul driven stuff? You know, how did you get to that point? How did you make that transition? Yeah. So I guess I was working five days at a hospital um, and it really was, even though I learned so much and gained so many skills, met so many talented OTs, it just got to the point where I was like, I am just, this is just not my passion. I, I, I can't do this anymore. So I, I asked to drop to three days a week. Um, I had already done my yoga teacher training and my health coaching course. Uh, so it was just a matter of trying to get myself out there and start telling people I'm a health coach. I, I have a program. I can help you with your gut issues, anxiety, um, negative body image thoughts. Um, so I just started posting things on Instagram and, um, and, you know, made up a flyer and put it at the local cafe and told, started talking about what I do and what I love to do with other people um, so that they could share it with their friends um and yeah after the hospital i transitioned to the department of education still just work three days a week then after i built up my client base a little bit more dropped to two days a week um throughout that time i've had business mentors assisting me with um putting myself out there basically and having confidence in in myself and and what what it is that i want to do um, yeah, and I, I guess the main thing that I've done over the last couple of years is just build up that confidence within myself to follow my passion and just take consistent action. Um, so I think a lot of people talk about it, you know, I want to do this, I want to do that, I don't want to do this anymore. The difference is, you know, between those people and, and where I've got today is because of taking consistent action. It's not just going to happen. Um, it, you, you need to take the action and just keep, keep working at it and keep knowing that at some point it's going to come to fruition and keep practicing what you love to do. Um, so I found that I was basically health coaching some people anyway for free because of what it's what I love to do. Like people would ask me different things. Um, so I just started doing more of it and, and then I started asking for money for it. You know? so. <laughs> Absolutely. And when you talk about consistent action, what are you referring to? Just so we have some tangible things. So we know. Yeah. Um, so I guess, you know, social media has been a big thing for me on Instagram. So just showing up every day on social media, posting regularly, um, talking about what I do, promoting things about that, that, that I value. Um, so, you know, I feel like I have, um, built up that personal profile that, you know, Tiff is, is, is a, you know, some kind of health coach OT that 
um, loves mindset and movement, yoga, meditation, breathing, healthy eating. Um, and that, that's what I intended to do. Like, and I, have built that up over time. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess as well, like networking, um, you know, just because, just because you've, you've called one person up and they've said, oh, you know, oh no, we're not really interesting, interested in your work or referring people. It doesn't mean that there's not other people out there that, um, that are. So yeah, there's definitely been times when I, you know, I almost feel like I've, you know, hit a wall and I'm like, oh, they don't, they don't want me. They don't want to know about me. Um, but I've kept going and then, yeah, like it's takes kind of thing. Yeah. What else? Consistent action. Just being in, um, you know, with my business mentor, um, I've been doing that with Amanda Jane Daly. So she helps health coaches. Um, but it's been really beneficial with, you know, the occupational therapy side as well, because it's really about just consistently putting yourself out there and, and networking and telling people about what you do. And um, we talk about asking for the dance. So asking for people to work with you, if you're not asking for people to work with you, then they're not going to work with you. Like they're not going to reach out. Um, So, you know, that's something that I've learned, like actually getting on social media and saying, Hey, you know, come and have a session with me, um, message me. And then same with OT, ringing up um, NDIS planners and saying, have you got clients? This is who I am. This is what I do. This is what I'm passionate about. If you have anyone, then refer them my way and, and keep asking. Mm. And, and people do. They just, they keep referring. So I love that. And it is, like you said, just even being consistent and continuing to show up, like mm. just show up. And when you put yourself out there, I think a lot of people have the struggles with the, the self-belief and, you know, who am I? Like that imposter syndrome. Mm. But, you know, I think we all have something so valuable to offer. And if you are truly passionate about mm. what you're doing and you know you're going to provide meaning and value to someone's life, you know, just go for it. Take those small steps because... Yeah you'll end up living your dream life and you are just a prime example of someone who's gone ahead, who's done that. And you've got the support to, to help you. You know, I think that's important too. having someone mm. in your corner to say, you know, you don't have to figure it out all by yourself. You can have mm. someone to say, you know, this is the roadmap. Here's some of the steps yep. you need to take. Um, yeah. That really helps build that confidence as well. Yeah. And like-minded souls, like I've, you know, I've surrounded my pe- myself with people like yourself, you know, and we have contact, we have phone calls every now and then. And it's about, you know, reaching out to those people that are, that are following their passions as well. And what did they do? And, um, you know, how are they going about things? And that inspires me. Like it keeps pushing me to, to just keep pursuing what it is that I want to do. Mm. Me too. Hallelujah. I feel so the same. Like when you connect with someone and you know you're on the same wavelength Mm. and you're passionate and you don't even have to be passionate about the same things, but if you just have the same drive, you can have different visions, but you just that motivation Mm. for each other and you just soak it up and it makes your work so much better because you're like, you you get that inspiration and you feel inspired to keep going. Yeah. Love it. Were there any other tips you wanted to give OTs out there who want to live their dream life 
and combine their personal passions with their OT work like you've done? Yeah, so I wrote, I wrote a couple things down for this one. <laughs> um, so I would say um, find, find what it is that you love doing and start doing it. And the, I guess, um, you know, helping you with finding that passion, like, because some people say, I, I don't really know what it is that I, I want to do or what I love to do. Um, I found, you know, um, talking to different people and also um, reading different books. So there's a book called Light is the New Black by Rebecca Campbell. Um, that is like one um, really useful tool that I've used where um, she asks a lot of questions and you do a lot of reflection uh, and a lot of journaling on what lights you up, what brings you joy, what, do you, what would you do if money were no object, um, uh, what, what do you already do, what do you already kind of help people with or love doing um, that you're not being paid for. Um, and yeah, so that one's a really good one. And also my other tip is reach out for mentors, not just one mentor, reach out for a couple of mentors, surround yourself with people that are um, either doing what you want to do or following their passion and, and watch them. What are they doing? What, what do they consistently um, do and, and, um, and, you know, get tips off them, like write to them. Like it, most people are so happy to, to have a chat with you and help you, um, with pursuing your passion because they've pursued theirs and they know how good it feels. Um, and also start now before you feel ready. So that is a big thing that I've learned off um, my business mentor, Amanda, um, because starting now before you feel ready, because in a year's time or in two years time, you will wish you started now. And that's what I did, you know, back like even just four or five years ago, I, um, I wrote an ebook about how I'd healed from my chronic conditions and, um, you know, what helped me. And I started doing little things on Instagram and I didn't even understand Instagram. Like I didn't know what, what I was, you know, how to like build it up. And, um, but, but I started and I'm so grateful that I did because now I, like I am where where I am because of all of that those tiny steps that I took way back then I love it thank you so much for sharing that I totally agree with all those points and when we take those small steps you know we don't know exactly where it will lead mm. and when we take those small steps opportunities open doors yeah. open along the way so just start whatever it is you know think you know, grab a journal, grab a diary, go outside, sit in the sunshine, write down some thoughts of what you're passionate about, where you want to be in five years from now, what do you mm. want life to look like and what are the steps? What are the, mm. What's the smallest possible step you can take yeah. to start that journey and start yeah. there? And like you say, like, you know, it doesn't matter if you don't have a clear vision of exactly what you want to do because it's going to change and that's, that's the other thing that I've learned along the way is imperfect action. So I've definitely been a perfectionist in the, in the past. And, you know, by my third year of uni, that's where all my anxiety was coming from because I, I could not cope with being a perfectionist anymore. It had to, I had to deal with um, not doing everything so perfectly. 
and same with my business. There was, you know, there was points at the start where it was like, oh, I just, I want to do this on my website and I want to do that. And I want to, you know, and I want my Instagram to look this way. And I want it to have, you know, those kind of photos and professional photos and this and that, but that doesn't get you anywhere. It actually doesn't. Um, it just ties you out, wears you out. So imperfect action is key. Just, um, just who cares? Just be yourself and um, start doing little things. If you talk to that person and, um, you know, like I rang up doctors and said to them, you know, I'm, I'm an OT and I'm a health coach, you know, can you refer people to me? And there were times where they were just like, not really. Like, I don't know. I don't really get what you do, you know? And I felt so knocked back, but I didn't stop. I was like, no, no, just going to keep going. Just going to keep reaching out to people. And yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Tiff, for sharing that with us. Let's head to the three rapid fire questions as we start to wrap things up. So number one, in one sentence, how do you describe OT? Yeah, so this is a funny one. Okay, so I have come up with one sentence. So we help people do what they want to do to live their best life. Yes, we do. Love it. <laughs> Number two, what's one healthy lifestyle habit listeners can implement today? Breathing breaks for ourselves as therapists. Um, so check out Third Space on YouTube. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's a psychologist that has um, developed this theory around the third space. So it's the space between, um, you know, you do one thing and then you have a break and then you go on to the next one rather than do, 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 do all day and then you get to the end of the day and you're burnt out, which is what most of us do. Um, so just taking that break, even um, if it's just 10 breaths and then you go and see your next client. Um, yeah, simple breathing just to calm down the nervous system and help focus and recenter you um, so that you can deliver the best service and, and assist yourself with your own health. Awesome. Number three, if you could only offer one piece of advice to OTs, what would it be? Uh, I would say, <laughs> it, this sounds cliche, but keep thinking outside the box go back to the OT models, like OT model of Australia, and look at how broad it is. Like there's so many areas that we can um, work on to assist with people with their overall health and well-being. Um, there's no cookie cutter approach. It's like chronic disease um, and recovery and healing is multifactorial. So there's so many factors that influence that one thing that, or, you know, the multiple things that are going on in that person's life. So we can't just treat it um, in, in one way. We have to look at all the different factors and approach those different factors, you know, over time, small steps to help them achieve more higher quality of life and well-being. Mm, that real holistic approach. Yeah. Love it. So how can everyone find you, Tiff? What's your Instagram handle? Give us all that. Uh, so Instagram is at dot, oh no, at the dot wellbeing movement. Uh, I also have Facebook. So that's at the wellbeing movement Australia and my website, www.thewellbeingmovement.com.au. 
Um, you'll find all my contact details on there. So feel free to message me. Uh, I love talking to people about all of this stuff and I love seeing other people, you know, follow their dreams and their passions and sharing ideas, you know, networking. Um, love it. Yeah. So thank you me. so much, Tiff. Thank you. You're an absolute legend and I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks, Rhiannon. Thanks Bye. so much. See ya. That's it, guys. I hope this episode resonated with you. But more importantly, I hope that it inspires you to take action. If you haven't already, come over and join our Facebook group family where we connect and collaborate. You can find us really easy just by searching the OT Lifestyle Movement in Facebook. If you did love this episode, I'd be super grateful if you shared it. You can take a screenshot right now and share it on Instagram or on Facebook so we can connect with more amazing, like-minded, open-minded OTs. The more we share the OT lifestyle movement, the more we can create a ripple effect. And if you do love the podcast, please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star review so we can be found more easily. That's it. Go out, create the epic change that you seek in the world because the world is ready for you. Carpe diem, guys.